0: How Have You Not Seen That? My name is Crossman. I'm Charles. I'm Wilson. This is a podcast where we admit to films we have not seen. I think it's, in conversation, really easy to glaze over the fact that you haven't seen a classic movie, but not everybody's seen everything, and we haven't seen a lot, so <laughs> we're trying to uh, fill in our uh, our back category. Uh, this week, uh, Wilson chose a film, and it was um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? And-
1: yes, this one exists kind of on the border between classic and camp and like which side it falls on kind of depends on which scene you're watching uh, this is the uh, 1962 movie uh, starring betty davis and joan crawford directed by robert eldridge it's a kind of the culmination of their decades-long feud um, that this was the only film that they uh, ever made together when they were each in their 50s and struggling to find work as actresses and the 60s that were 50 plus years old uh, the premise is the film opens with a child star in the 19 early 1900s like 1970, 1917 1917 I, I think is what it said on the thing yeah um, that is identified as baby Jane Hudson giving a very you know classic young star child star type of performance where she's singing. All these kind of creepy songs about her dad on, on stage, um, and giving off this very cloying, oversweet type of persona. Um, we learn that backstage she's kind of a nightmare and treats her sister Blanche very poorly. Uh, we jump ahead to 1930s, where we discover that uh, Baby Jane Hudson is now in her 20s and not much of a star, and the studio executives are only giving her roles to appease her now famous and talented sister. Uh, Blanche Hudson, who was put upon in the opening, uh, the the cold open with the young children. Um, This sequence ends with a uh, mysterious and abrupt drunken car accident. We cut ahead to what would be present day, 1962-ish. We learn that Blanche uh, was struck by this car that the audience is led to believe was driven by uh, Baby Jane Hudson, who we see is now played by Betty Davis. Blanche is Joan Crawford. Uh, Blanche has been Rendered paralyzed from the waist down, um, she's in a wheelchair and confined to the upstairs unit or room um, in the house that she sa- shares with her sister. Um, we learn quickly that this is essentially that she's essentially a prisoner in this home. Um, and uh, Jane is a very serious case of arrested development. Um, she kind of haunts this house you know, with caked-on makeup and weird, childish clothing, despite now being well into her fifties. Um, and her grip on uh, Jane tightens as the, the movie progresses until the, uh, she Blanche ends up bound and gagged in her uh, bed and kind of suspended on some sort of apparatus that she uses to get in and out of her, uh, her wheelchair. Uh, the movie concludes with, or nears the end, when the um, housekeeper that cares for Blanche is murdered by Jane, uh, they uh, the Jane character ends up fleeing the home when the police when she thinks the police are on their trail and it is revealed when both characters sisters are on the, the beach that in fact uh, Blanche was the one that was driving the car and caused the accident that led to her uh, paralysis and then the police catch up with um, with Jane having discovered that she murdered the the housekeeper um, this is a movie that is... M- In My understanding most well known for pairing these two actors together. Uh, They had a They had a history. They were both famous at the same time and sniped at each other and uh, And more than that uh, in the press and throughout their careers in Hollywood Um, I enjoyed it. I I, I had fun with this one and it kind of was more of a horror movie than I expected it to be Mm -hmm. Um, What what do you guys think?
2: well uh, there were definitely parts of it that I liked, um, but overall it just felt too slow to me. So I was kind of bored for a lot of it. <coughs> I, I of think if they cut out thirty or forty minutes of this movie, that I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Cause like you know the general plot, the relationship <laughs> between the characters, and some of like the kind of psychological horror moments were very well done. Uh, it's just there's so much time in between that like it drove me nuts. Well, that's what happened in the movie, right? Yeah. Up and driven nuts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what
2: do you think, one? Uh, I think I had a
0: similar take to Charles. Uh, I, th- I think I found this a very upsetting movie. It is that, Certainly. Yes. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> um, where we just see someone get psychologically tortured. For two hours. For two hours, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, man, they they linger. Mm-hmm. And I think their intent was to build tension uh, yes, but it it is a snooze. Like <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I I didn't that. I was get like, that. found it pretty excruciating to watch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. No, I, I I in didn't, more ways
0: than one. <laughs> didn't get that sense at all. Like,
1: <laughs> because for me, I I found both performances, but especially Betty Davis, uh, pretty compelling. I thought that the high tension moments worked for me. Um, the the way that it, like fits in with things like Sunset Boulevard as these like late Hollywood critiques and, like, these movies that are looking at um, and uh, unpacking the effects of of fame and the studio system and, like, kind of this just post-studio filmmaking culture uh, was interesting to me and worked for me. And just, like, fitting this movie in a genre was also kind of a fun game throughout, right? Because on the one hand, it is, like, this, you know, dysfunctional family story, right, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's these two sisters that, like, have a bad relationship and that continues to get worse and worse and worse until it explodes. It's about Hollywood. Um, it's, it's a horror movie sometimes. It's a camp movie sometimes. Um, it's about, like, an individual kind of going mad. Um, and I think that it kind of crosses those genre lines um, in interesting spots and in, in ways that work for me. Um, so I, I I thought it worked. I mean, yeah, it's 1962 pacing. Um, <laughs> but I I think I was okay with that. Yeah. For the most
0: part. yeah I, I mean, I remember when... Mm-hmm. She's, like, first going down the stairs Mm -hmm. to, like, get the phone. Yeah. And I was just, like, man, I bet she gets the phone. I just, like, skipped ahead, like, 15 (laughs) seconds, and she was only, like, a few steps down. I was, like, all right, I'm going to skip down to, like, where she's at the phone. Really? Yeah, Um, I was, like, I I get that they're, like, building tension, but I was just, mm -hmm. like, I get it. She like gets down the stairs. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of moments where they
2: drag it out to build the tension over things that feel less interesting to like drag it out over. Like there's that part where she throws the paper out the window for her neighbor to find. Yeah, Mm. I mean like like, you could tell what they're trying to do. Hold an airplane. Yeah, yeah, do that. (laughs) You could kind of tell what they were trying to do, but it's not. It doesn't feel like the tension is properly communicated. Um, at least, I don't know, I'm, I'm going into it with modern film sensibilities, I guess, but it always felt a little lower key than I would expect it to be. Something like that.
1: See, I, I, I liked Joan Crawford in, in the solo scenes. Like, when she was playing off Betty Davis, like, Betty Davis is taking up so much space in, in every scene that she's yeah. in. But it, that it's really just Crawford's role to kind of be smaller. But when she does have those, because she has a few of those. The ones where she's going down the stairs, the one where she's throwing the, the ball out the... Um, ball of paper out the window or when she's like deciding whether or not she's going to open up the silver dinner thing and see Mm -hmm. what is actually on her plate Um, like those sequences I think worked really well for me and I think that Joan Joan Crawford really did carry a lot of a lot of that Um, and I think that there was a tension as to not just whether or not the neighbor would find it but then when you realize that the neighbor isn't going to find it that there's a chance that uh, Jane might find it first and then that Jane like when she steps on it or something and then it's like is she gonna yeah. notice that and da, da 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 and like each step of that I think worked for me
0: I, I think some parts that worked well I thought that sequence was good yeah but they're mm-hmm. like not everything it, it was very reminiscent of the birds where it's just like that. you know parts of it are just like <laughs> 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 don't hold up <laughs> at all but you see like where they're building tension in and like well, sure. you see where it like could be scary. E. Well,
1: and that like yeah. it, it's a it's a claustrophobic movie, right? Like you get this sense that like yeah. space is closing in on both of these characters throughout, mm-hmm. um, and it, 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 in a literal sense for for Blanche, but for Jane as well, you see her just getting pushed and pushed into this smaller space and getting pushed closer and closer to her sister that she despises. Um, so that is reminiscent of the birds as well, where they're like you have uh, who was it, Dippy Hebron um, in the uh, I think that's right. I think that's right, too. <laughs> in the phone booth, I'm like, here she is in this cramped space, or like when they're mm-hmm. in that old house towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I hear that comparison as well. Um, although the movie I was, certainly the movie I was reminded of most was Sunset Boulevard. Like, this is like very similar to that movie, which came out 12 years earlier from, from Billy Wilder. Have either of us,
2: or I don't, either I don't, of you seen that I don't think, think I've seen that one. No. Nor the birds. Okay,
1: the sunset is a fantastic, a fantastic movie. So the the premise is that it's another aging Hollywood uh, silent film star. This it it, it takes place in 1950, but like we're nearing the end of the studio system, and like the movie is aware of that. Um, and she is visited by a journalist who wants to, like, do a story about her, and he ends up getting, like, wrapped up in her life and, mm-hmm. like, kind of becomes her kept man. And it concludes with the, the famous, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille, and she's yeah. going down the staircase, which is a sequence okay. you might have seen. Um, and I think this oh, movie is doing a similar thing in that it's kind of dealing with the arrested development that comes with fame, uh-huh. and where, like, you, stop, you you stop aging emotionally at the time when you become famous uh-huh. for the, the Jane character that's when she's 10 or whoever old she was at the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. um, and you see that in her yeah. dress and her mannerisms and, and like the, the creepiness of, uh, of her affecting these childish poses mm-hmm. um, and that recalls Wilder's movie and I think is really the most compelling thing about this movie as well
0: yeah um, did this remind either of you like to me this story felt like it was about a Judy Garland like character oh sure okay who like kind of starts Mm -hmm. out in like a weird family singing troupe and then Mm -hmm. moves into acting at like a very young age and then Mm -hmm. just spirals yeah like with drug and alcohol um that's what it was reminding me but then looking looking at the timeline because Judy Garland was alive until 1969 I think Mm -hmm. when I think she OD'd or Something like know. that. Something That's very true. tragic happened to yes, her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and to me, this has felt kind of full, kind of ripped from the headlines. Yeah, the I, ones, I didn't so.
1: make that connection, but you're probably right. Like, that yeah. makes sense. And she would be the most significant star there. And she starts out as this child star that... Yeah. Uh, with the, in the Mickey In Rooney. the singing and, like, stage, like... Um, right, and kind of maintains that child persona th- into and past Wizard of Oz and Star is Born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're probably correct in that it's another instance of this uh, fame causing arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. So, that yeah, that's probably true.
0: I and, mean, like, how messed
1: up, like, child star's lives are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is exactly what, what this is. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that, like, I mean, Hollywood has been making movies about itself for as long as it's been around, nearly, <laughs> right? Like, Jazz Singer yeah. was the first sound picture, and it's just kind of about that. Um, but, hey, I still find those movies interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just as somebody who watches a lot of movies, like, seeing movies about the thing that I spend so much time consuming, yeah. um, it still works for me. Um, and, uh, and I think it, it worked here, too. Because um, this is a, a story we see, a real-life story you see all the time, right? Like, the, Especially in the studio era. Yeah. Yeah, like, they they chew up and spit out these people constantly.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Macaulay Culkin and...
1: Although he, he came out okay eventually. He's, like, fine now. Yeah. Yeah. But he had a weird Yeah, he was not fine for a long time. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or even like Britney Spears is apparently currently under duress. Yeah, especially Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at like a Miley Cyrus figure. who I think was a little bit more in on it, but for a while it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so like to date this this is ongoing. Um, what do we think of uh, Betty Davis here? She's the one that got the Oscar nomination. Um although or I think the win perhaps either a nomination or a win. Uh Joan Crawford did not. Um what do we think about her performance?
2: I guess what I'm curious about is uh this is the first thing that I've seen of her. Really? So I don't know how to compare it to how her normal acting is, I guess. And like obviously since this is such an unhinged character, like I'm trying to see like how off type this kind of <coughs> performance is, right? That's interesting to think about. I think it's um like a credit to her to her acting abilities if this is like not what she normally does because she does it so effectively
1: yeah the way she got her start is as just a a very typical kind of female lead that mm-hmm. she was uh the the romantic interest in, yeah and in that kind of thing like she was billed as a the young ingenue um early in her career just like joan david crawford was her betty davis's most famous movie is um all about eve um, mm-hmm. so there she plays it came out before this, a little bit, I want to say. I'm looking at her I, I, thing, but I haven't hit it yet. I think it came out a little before this, um, which is a similarly positioned movie in that it's about a, an aging Broadway star who is overtaken by a younger um, admirer. Um, and mm-hmm. that movie is great. Like That is really, really mm-hmm. an all-timer, and she's great in it. Um, but yeah, like her persona early in her career, as far as I understand it, would have been as a romantic lead it was okay. like female 10 years before that sounds right just especially just based on how she looks in each of these
0: yeah that, that sounds about right maybe 11 depending on when they filmed it
2: mm-hmm. um, so yeah I, I mean i thought it was very compelling and effective um you can kind of see her like desperation um to like you know hold on to or return to the old like good times mm-hmm. that she had in the past and um, like, her desperation to maintain her lifestyle because, like, you know, she doesn't want to be, like, committed or lose the house or things sure. like that. And that's kind of what sets off all the events uh, in the movie. Um, she's got a terrifying presence on screen, um, like, all the time because she obviously, <laughs> yeah, you know... She just looks scary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. obviously, like, you know, Blanche is kind of at her at her mercy since, mm-hmm. you know, she's not confined to a wheelchair. No. Um, I mean
1: it, it, I, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about like did we find this movie scary did we find Betty Davis scary did did any of that, that parts that parts I think it's
0: unnerving like it's a very it's unnerving that. performance
1: yeah for me it was uh, unnerving and tense yeah like, every, there, there's just this high tension throughout yeah. it because, I mean, because she does cut this not quite fearsome but like such a peculiar visual figure mm-hmm. and such like a menacing vi- visual figure yeah Combined with the, her, you know, erratic childlike behavior, it's, there yeah. it, there is this sense of like, who knows what the hell she's going to do next? Or yeah, who, exactly. who knows what is motivating her, um, other than like achieving youth again? Yeah, and that um, that I think was was really what the character turned on. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. she's not like. Well, I, I, I like what I like about the character is that she's willing to, kind of like dress down for her character yes. or like sort of... As far as I can tell, based on her career, she's a character, like an actor who's like known for her like elegance. And, yes. Um. And here she just like looks totally unhinged. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and grotesque. Yeah. Right. Like more than that. Like she 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 looks you know uh, intentionally unpleasant. Yeah. Disheveled. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I I think yeah I get why she like gets an Oscar. Yeah. This. That's like so
1: against type, even
0: for now. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they love that. Actors, like, the, the,
1: they, he, like that. Yeah. Even in '62, they, they would yeah. see that kind of effort. Like it's a very yeah. it's very visible acting. Yeah. right Like you can you can see the acting on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's like
0: capital A acting. Yeah, and yeah. they
1: they love. It. It's a, this is a good example of best versus most. Yeah. Or, or, but the best way to uh, predict who is going to win an Oscar is that you replace best with most, so most acting, most editing, most picture. Yeah. Um, and that's, you identify that, and that's who's probably going to win. Because you
2: reward what you notice is there. Yeah, not, exactly. Not the stuff that goes unnoticed.
1: Yeah, right. So. right. Um, and I think that there's a lot of acting in this, yeah. in this performance. Um, and I, it works, and the character calls for it, but it also makes sense that it gets noticed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But then, then there are moments where they're like, the bird disappears, and they like open the silver tray, and it's like, Ta-da, There's the, the bird. bird, and it's like, oh, well, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. But then, like,
2: later, yeah, it was kind of like, gross. I mean, they had like, uh, presumably like a model bird or something. Yeah. And, like, right. You know, it it looks pretty realistic. Yeah. It, it was 60s, so they probably best. killed the bird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe, that's maybe. probably
1: actually <laughs> the bird from yeah. the. Yeah. Oh god.
0: <laughs> yeah. Animal rights stuff didn't happen until like the 70s. Right. Um, and then. <laughs> Shit. And
2: then they like. They do it again with the rat, and it's like yeah. The rat. I, I, was, I, I was, I was actually like, thinking myself. Point, I was like, oh, like yeah, I like. I was thinking to myself at that point, like, there's no way they're gonna do another animal. Thing, That's what right? I was thinking. They, that, this can't happen again. Is,
1: is that like because the Betty Davis is is fucking with John Crawford there? I'm like, what you have expect is like. She is twisting the thumb screws on her, and then we'll reveal that, oh, it's actually nothing, and we're freaking out over nothing. That's
2: what I expected. But, yeah, yeah, but then
1: they do the double cross where it's like, oh, you were correct too. Yeah, not. and it was still gross. and It, it was, was still, really disgusting. Yeah, so that worked. I, I think that, that that was effective for me. Really? I, I was like, I. like you got me already. You don't like <laughs> yeah, no, because I I, I, I like got to the next level on that one. I was like, it's oh, they're not gonna do it again. And, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, and they had the middle one where she's too afraid to open right, the right. dish at all, and she's starting to starve because of her fear. And like, it's pretty effective to imagine that paranoia.
1: Right, and, and then like knowing that she like really isn't very mobile and really is basically in this room or this hallway, and that's it. Um, to, for me, the scene that stands out for Betty Davis is when she's singing that. Weirdo Daddy song as an adult. Yeah, that's very upsetting. That was the one. Oh, like, I think that, that's the one that was like, oh, this is really and She's creepy. definitely like a bad singer.
2: Dude. She's terrible. The like, song is bad and creepy. It's awful. And yeah. like, she's doing it with the guy. She's trying to hire and you can see the guy kind of like <laughs> but, recoil and <in> disgust, <laughs> yeah. but he like has to praise her because he needs to get paid. Right, yeah. yeah that but, was a pretty funny Edmund, scene. to me <laughs> was like the
0: biggest wild card. I was like, I was, I was kind of more afraid of Edwin than I was of Betty Davis at some point. He,
1: he got an Oscar nomination too. Huh.
0: He, he definitely deserves it. He plays yeah. like a very unnerving character. Mm-hmm. And like that character, I was like any... Like Betty Davis, I know she's going to do mean things to yeah. Joan Crawford and treat her very poorly. Edwin, you don't know like what's going to happen because he's so weird.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's played so weird. Well, and he has like this... Like, he's lying. Like, he... he, Like, his... Because his persona with his mother is, like, this kind of gruff, you know, like, dirty weirdo. And he shows up as, like, this proper Englishman. Yeah. And it's like, what is this, what is this dude's deal, right? Yeah. Like, what, what what is going on with this guy? And the yeah. movie never really answers. <laughs> like, his, his just line doesn't really it.
2: go anywhere besides just having an external person be there to find Blanche.
1: Right, yeah, which is, you know, and that is what it is. Like, he's a supporting character, yeah. that, that's fine. But I kind of like that it just leaves, a, leaves the audience with, like, there's this weirdo out there, <laughs> and, like, who knows what other weirdos are out there. <laughs> I and, thought
0: maybe he was like gonna get in on it. Like he yeah. that's where I thought it was going yes. where mm-hmm. he discovers Blanche and then is like, Oh, but we can take advantage of this for money. Yes. And then he either like replaces Betty Davis or like is in league with her. Or
1: or extorts Betty Davis. Yes. Right. It's like oh, yeah. he, he needs money. He gets the secret on her, and he's like, all right, well, well, now you have to double my pay or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. But no, yeah, he just gets it's... to keep being a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> like... He just, like, runs away,
2: right? <laughs> Pretty yeah, much.
0: I feel like we should keep tabs on, uh, <laughs> on that guy. On, on Edwin. <laughs> yeah. He's one of many characters that are... Yeah,
2: but apparently
1: Edwin. that was that was that actor's screen debut. Uh-huh. Um, and That's a hell of a debut. Which is a hell of a debut. What, yeah. was, what was that dude's name? Um, something berno no, a different guy. Anyway, um, but yeah, he got the he got the nomination for uh, best supporting for that one, which is impressive. Man, he should just quit there. Definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> like go out on top. Yeah, Victor uh, Buono. Buono. Yeah. Um, yeah, I struggled to pronounce his last name as well. Um, and it was also he, like he was very clearly coded as gay, and I think that mm. um, that was an interesting choice, especially because this movie did kind of get picked up as this camp type of classic and like apparently there was a a dvd commentary uh a few years ago like in a re-release and the uh, commentary was just like two relatively known drag queens Mm -hmm. and that was it like this is so associated (laughs) with like a camp and that kind of thing so to see this this character that's clearly coded as like a creepy villainous gay man um
2: i don't remember noticing that i guess
1: because a lot of the codes like have fallen away because it's easier to say like this guy's gay but the english accent thing that he's in the arts right that he's like looking for uh, as a piano player and not like in the front of the thing um that he's a single man living with his mom um and then just also coding as like kind of up to something or being like kind of creepy um that's gay code in the in the 50s and 60s and earlier um so yes i think that he was very clearly meant to be read that way and i think the audience was meant to read Betty Davis as not picking up on that Okay. that being a failure of her character's perception and like a, a, her own like self obsession that she's you know clearly trying to woo this guy but like also very clearly barking up the wrong tree mm-hmm. um, and Interesting choice uh, for that's definitely for
2: this movie. subtext that I did not get. I'm not yeah. aware of that. I, I'm context. pretty sure I'm.
1: I, I could be wrong here and just making stuff up, but I, I think that that's what where this movie was gone.
2: He he yeah. plays
0: the devil in 1978's The Evil, <laughs> The Evil, no. which looks like a haunted house <laughs> uh, movie. Okay, sure. Um. Anyways, yeah, he was uh, apparently working up until his death in the early 80s.
2: Right.
1: Okay, well, good, good for him, I guess.
0: Yeah.
2: I guess um, I, yeah, I, wasn't, he was good, I wasn't that weirded out by his character, despite what you guys have said. Really? Oh, really? Guy, yeah. I was like, yeah, I gotta keep know. an eye on this guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess up like, to something. <laughs> I was just so bothered by uh, Jane, Jane's character yeah. that he seemed very normal. Yeah, relative to her, right? Like, yeah. At least saner. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he just seemed like a guy who was trying to get by, right? That's okay. just how I read his character. Um, no, he I think he they... got in a sick burn on his mom. Which one was that? I, I, I forget the exact context, but it's something about his mom like sleeping with a stranger and that's why oh, he yeah. was born. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
2: yeah, right. that was wild. Yeah,
1: <laughs> what a weird thing to say. To yeah. <laughs> right, like, how do you listen to that line and not be like, oh, this dude is, is on the weird here. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I like that guy a lot. Um, when I chose this movie, what I anticipated, um, knowing that it was this, you know, the Joan Crawford, Betty Davis you know, finally joining forces type of thing. Yeah,
0: wasn't there a movie about
1: this? There was a TV show about it. Well, there probably okay. was a movie, but there was a, a show recently called Feud. Mm. Um, which is about... Which is yeah. about the feud between... I haven't seen it, but the feud between Betty Davis and, and Joan Crawford, which apparently started with... Um, I, I, again, there, I think this is a little bit apocryphal where like nobody's <laughs> totally sure how this feud started, but one of the popular theories is that Betty Davis had a movie coming out where she was, it was supposed to be like her big breakout. She was finally getting billing above title, like was, this was going to be oh. early in her career, like one of her big breakout movies. Joan Davis or Joan Crawford was already established in Hollywood at this point. Uh, she was married to Douglas Fairbanks Jr., who is a big uh, figure in classic Hollywood. She announces her divorce from Douglas Fairbanks Jr. on the same day that this movie was premiering. So that all the press just like stepped on right. So all the all the press for Betty Davis's big wow. you know coming out party was you know shoved a page a million, and the front page is uh, you know going over every detail of Joan Crawford's divorce. And the theory is that Joan Crawford did this on purpose <laughs> to wow. to, uh, to fuck with Betty Davis because wow. she, she saw her as like a rival. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, and Betty Davis is on the record saying that she'll never forgive her for that or and something like that. Um, the other really good, uh, quote or moment from the Betty Davis, John Crawford feud is after, Joan Crawford died first. She was a, few, a little bit older. And Betty Davis is, I might be paraphrasing here, but she says something like, uh, they say that if, if you're going to speak about the dead, you should only say good things. Joan Crawford is dead. Good. Wow, that's pretty real. Yeah, it oh man, is. they didn't make up after yeah. this movie. Yeah. It didn't yeah. help. No, this didn't Damn. help. That's that's how to keep it real. <laughs> yeah, just oh. right to the point there. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's like a, a whole series of uh of these stories. Like at, at one point, uh Joan Crawford gets remarried to a Pepsi executive and Betty Davis um buys a Coke machine for the entire crew on <laughs> whatever movie she's working on. Yeah. Just to like Stick it to Joe Crawford a little bit. Nice. Yeah, just like a bunch of that kind of stuff. So, yeah,
0: I, I am here
1: for that kind of pettiness. That's delicious. Yes, it's, apparently that was the whole the whole thing. Like that was their whole
2: relationship for decades. That's awesome. How did they get them to collaborate on a movie then?
1: That's a good question, and I don't know if there is necessarily a clear answer for that. Besides um,
2: just money. Yeah,
1: that is probably. <laughs> like, and, and to be fair to them. A, I think it's a pretty good movie, and they ended up yeah. with a good product here. And B, like again, this is two women in Hollywood in their fifties. Like, there's not a lot of roles, mm-hmm. right? And there's probably not a lot of roles that really have a lot of meat to them. Yeah. Um. So in the early sixties, not. Yeah. Yeah. they're yeah, There aren't now. And so, I kind of get it. Okay. <laughs> like, I kind of get why they would why they would set aside, yeah. uh, whatever their conflict is, um, for, for. It this. makes
2: you wonder what. Like the on-set environment was like between them then. Yeah,
1: that's. I think that the studio put some effort to like put a a, a cap on that. Um, but the rumor, I think this is not true. But the the rumor is there's that scene where Betty Davis uh, tosses Joan Crawford to the ground in the film and, and like kicks her and kind of beats her up. Uh, the rumor, and again, don't think this is true, is that she actually did kick her. Yeah. And, like Joan Crawford required stitches and like medical attention after that. Okay.
2: But That seems unlikely based on the way the movie was cut. I yeah, agree yeah
1: that, that's why I kind of doubt it too. Um, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows?
0: Um, so, the other sporting, big sporting actor here is uh, Mady Norman who plays Elvira, the main. Yes, who was great. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. She's rad. And I was looking at her bio mm-hmm. and just a, a few lines from it. So, she's born in Georgia. She gets a B.A. from Bennett College in 1934, which is probably like Unheard of yep. for black women at the time. Mm-hmm. She gets a master's degree from Columbia three years later. Mm. And then she goes to the actor's lab in Hollywood from 46 to 49. Um, appears mostly throughout the 50s in made roles. Mm, and then in 1962 is in, is in this movie. And I think it's a big breakout for her. Because then you look at her career after that. And it's all just like even to the late 80s when she was still acting. Um, and I think she dies in... Uh, the late 90s. Um, But she's in like a lot of really good stuff throughout her career and has like a very impressive career. And and Um, that
2: that makes sense to me. She's really good in this this. movie. I don't think I recognize her though. Has she been in stuff that I wouldn't have seen or know she was in like the incredible hulk
0: show she was in no. uh one of the roots miniseries she probably was in one. um airport mm-hmm. 77 which is like a big disaster film
2: in is that the, the one 70s. that airplane parodied probably yes
0: yes it is um this is where an airplane crashes in the ocean and then to the bottom and everybody's like still alive like in the airplane what yeah, what? yeah. that's not
1: how anything works <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, she's in a she's in a bunch of like good TV stuff, like uh, Good Times and The Jeffersons, uh, Okay. yeah, I mean, she was great here too. Yeah, well, there's a
1: like a plausible assertiveness to her character, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and that she is really the only person in the movie who stands up to Jane with any kind of credibility or force. Yeah, yeah, um, and and she sells it, like mm-hmm. she really does, and she sells. Actually, giving a shit about Blanche, right? Like yeah. you, you buy that she cares about this person and and really wants to not see harm come to her.
2: Um, it's a very and comforting and, presence yeah. in such a brutal movie. Yeah, and she like
1: puts her, she does put herself on the line and is punished for it. Um, in in caring for in caring for Blanche, so she's in this movie for what like two or three scenes. Um, not not a lot. Not a lot, because really this is mostly the Betty Davis show. Yeah, and um, she really like kind of. Builds a persona, at least well, enough of a persona, that uh, she's credible and memorable in that short space. Yeah. yeah. And that's impressive. For
0: what would be just like a wallpaper character, she's like, mm-hmm. I think she has like a poise to her that's like, has a big presence on mm-hmm. screen. Yeah.
1: Well, and she, like, clearly motivated, right? Like, the, the character's motivated, and you see the car- the motivation in the performance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that goes a long way, and that's not easy to do in a, in a short space. No. So good for her.
2: She's clearly pretty clever, too. Like, she senses that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she gets like that little spy movie moment where she kind of hides behind the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that uh, Jane thinks that she's left. Right. Oh, that was pretty sweet
1: yeah well she's certainly smarter than the dumbass neighbors that they have next door like, <laughs> yeah those people just really couldn't put it anything felt like together. they
2: were foreshadowing that the neighbors were going to do something but right. they didn't or amount they to would, anything or that
1: they would get whacked too i thought that that they made it be next time yeah anyways, having
2: seen uh, once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> right. it makes right. me think twice about you know neighbors in hollywood mm-hmm. but i guess not <laughs> here
1: <laughs> right uh but yeah those those two ended up just being kind of Bumbling oafs the entire time and then didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, so I guess they kind of just serve as like a, a threat for Betty Davis to be discovered by. Yeah. That never, that never panned out.
0: Have, have either of you seen The Burbs with Tom Hanks? No. No. Okay, it's really good. Uh, but it's essentially like this <clears throat> movie where like something nefarious is happening in a house mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks is like the neighbor character okay and he's like aware that like something weird is going on and he's like trying to figure it out so he's like a combination of like the neighbor and elvira where he's like
1: okay
0: trying to like get in the house and like figure out what's going on but it's weird and you don't know like what what it is um it's good it's like a really good yeah well, and, and, and like a good role for tom, hanks, for tom hanks in that it's like kind of a horror movie it's like a <laughs> horror comedy um how old is this movie it's, it's from a, the 80s. Okay. Is it that old? I thought it was, like,
1: early 90s. But, it, I mean, whatever. No, yeah. I think it's from
0: the 80s. Okay. You know. um, but, yeah, it's
1: I can picture the cover where he's, like, standing in the street and he has, like, a outlet and a plug. And huh. it's, like, in a...
0: Yeah, he's in, like, a robe. Because he's, like, um, he's either been, like, laid off or something's going on with his job or he's not working. Okay. And so he's just home during the day and, it's like, sees like... weird <laughs> stuff going on in his neighborhood. And, like, yeah, it's, it's very, true. like, 80s, like, suburban paranoia and yeah, and,
1: and this movie kind of predicts some of that stuff right like yes it's not a direct line but you can see like shades of things like halloween in this mm-hmm. or or um, friday the 13th or uh freddy krueger stuff like that yeah where it's like here's this nice exterior in a suburban residential area um and but actually behind closed doors there's something really gross and strange happening um, and this movie, is, it's going in a different direction because there's this yeah. critique of Hollywood and critique of, like, stardom and specifically child stardom. Um, but, like, that idea that there's something being concealed in something conventional, mm-hmm. um, it is here. And I think that you see that more fleshed out in The Burbs, like you're talking about, or these 80, 80s slasher movies. Yeah,
0: I mean, The Burbs, like, adds a level of intrigue to it because, like, you as a viewer also don't know, like,
1: what's happening in the house. Yeah, well, that, to me, that sounds like Rear Window. <laughs> yeah, right? it's it's like, that, yeah. Um, which is a again a good place to draw from. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that works. Um, what do we we talked about Betty Davis a lot. What, what do we think about um, John Crawford? We've touched on it a, a little bit, but you know she was uh, above above title billing too.
2: I liked her character a lot. Uh, definitely a great contrast to Jane's character. Right. You can tell that, you know, she's mostly a relatively well adjusted and normal mm-hmm. person. But like you can tell she's got a lot of she's got kind of an air of like maturity and confidence about her. Um. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good contrast.
1: Yeah, I, I think it kind of plays to the personas of each of these actors, too. Whereas John Crawford was more often, I think, the classy one. Mm-hmm. Um, or read as the classy one, um, but Betty Davis was, like, the more crass or and artsy one. Um, and that, that, that fits into this movie, too. Um, and you see it in the performance.
0: And the reveal is she... She did it. She, like, injured herself. Yeah,
1: uh, somehow, I'm not totally clear on the logistics I of think the,
2: the, the story was that she was feeling resentment toward Jane, and Jane had gone forward to unlock their gate. Right. And at that moment, she decided to run her over and just drove straight into her. But right. Jane, like, dodged it in time, but the car accident still broke. Um, right, that's how I, oh, I read it as well. Yeah, yeah but, but by the time anyone else had arrived on the scene, Blanche had, like, crawled out of the car, so and Jane had run away. Okay. So people assumed that Jane had tried to yeah. run Blanche over. And her.
1: they were both kind of drunk. So, like, that's Yeah. Just, okay. No. There's some... Like,
2: well, well Betty Davis or was, was trying. Was it she, just, like, I mean, did this
0: just, like,
1: out of anger. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Okay. So... And, and, like, unsafe 1960s cars where there's, like, probably no seatbelt and... <laughs> yes. uh, or through, like, yeah. Or airbags. <laughs> yeah, like, and just, here. like, a steel steering column that you would just, like, run into. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Like, if you were... Right through your Even test. at, like,
1: 50 miles, fifty miles an hour, it's, okay. like... You're dead. Yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I get... That was my theory, too, but it, well, I wasn't totally clear on how that plays
0: out yeah I actually rewound and like watched the explanation
2: yeah to, like, I, get, I was like wait a minute It was like drawing a map like, hold <laughs> kind on <of, like>, <laughs> yeah. you're making a 3D model yeah I went back and rewatched the accident scene because oh, like okay. I wasn't really sure what was going on when yeah, I first was watching through unclear. it unclear yeah yeah um, but like I guess if they're gonna hide like people's faces <laughs> it's supposed to be not what you expect right the story to be but I didn't think twice about it throughout the movie really yeah. Um, but it was definitely interesting to see the turn and see that basically both characters are responsible for the situation they're in um, just because of the constant, like, resentment and retaliation that mm-hmm. they're doing to each other. And that was an interesting turn. Uh, I thought it was very poignant and tragic.
0: Yeah, Well, you're set up to think throughout that she's just, like, an innocent character. Right. But yeah. not,
1: well, And you're yeah. also questioning, like, why it would be why is she in this situation at all? Like, how does she end up being in, her sister being in charge of her care? How does she end up in this situation where she feels responsible to stick around? Like, this, we're entering this relationship well into its development. Yeah. And, like, why is it that she hasn't made more of an effort to get out of this? Um, And it it must be some of that residual guilt, right? Like, that that she knows that she's responsible for it Um, and that her sister is, like, dependent upon her money yeah um, and her income to to survive
2: well that does like make the turn more interesting because then like that does make blanche seem more evil because essentially she has framed jane Mm -hmm. for a crime and then held it over her for what 30 years something like that to like make her her servant basically right right Right. and that's like the real truth of what's going on and that's pretty messed up
1: right well and i think it feeds back into this story as kind of a a like an elegy or a metaphor for the um the end of the studio system right mm-hmm. because you have like th- these these two major pillars of what m- moved the studio system forward which is child stars right exploited child stars <laughs> that were eventually you know driven mad or <laughs> to drugs or whatever uh, by their child stardom and then also the ingenue that uh, John Crawford embodies that you know really just took a similar track later in life um and it seems to be saying that like the studio system was set up to fail, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the, that it's destroying itself, right? It's hitting itself with the car. It's setting up these conflicts that are like going to implode and lead to really the American new wave, which we saw in the seventies. Um, and I, I liked that about it, that it's like mm-hmm. kind of has awareness of like how these figures stand in for larger tropes in the industry. Um, and I think that that, that bit worked for me too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I had an interesting experience when I tried to watch this, so... Oh, yeah. My... I have, like, Prime on my TV, so I, I right. went there and was like, all right, the whatever happened to Baby Jane, search for it. And there's two versions on uh-huh. Prime. So there's one that, like, came out in the 90s, apparently. It was a made-for-TV movie.
1: <laughs> I had no knowledge of it until you
2: mentioned it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was the 60s <clears throat> one, so I was like, yeah. okay, I, I select the 60s one, and it's like, <laughs> it starts playing, and... First thing I noticed is, like, it's in color,
1: and I was
0: like... <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's was like, early... Okay, so there were, like, color movies yep. in the early 60s, even the 50s. Um, and they... Uh, it's It starts similarly, but the um, Betty Davis character as a child is, like, in film. Okay. And her sister is, like, her, like, place marker... Like, oh, like all right. between scenes, sure. So, the sister just like stands in the sets and like they move her around to like figure out where the camera's gonna go. Um, and then when they cut to the 90s, um, it has the like kind of soap opera effect look to everything, everything looks kind of shiny and, and bright and weird. Okay, and the Joan Crawford character is like watching her old films. Okay, on the tv and her sister comes in and she's like can you get me a video player i want to like <laughs> like move these like movies over to video so i right. can watch them at any time and i was like wait a second did video now. come <laughs> <out> <laughs> in the 60s i was like so confused so i like i went back out of the menu i was like did yeah. i select like the, the wrong one, one? Yeah. and i i hadn't i like because i went and like went to the 60s one, said, like, play from the beginning. Like, same movie starts again. And then, (laughs) it turned out I had to, like, pay to rent it and there was some sort of, like, glitch in the Amazon system that, like, if you didn't pay to rent it, it just like shunted you over to the 90s one. Weird. Because um, that's free on Prime. Okay, so they just showed you the free one. Yeah. They defaulted the yeah free it must have been like yeah.
2: mistagged or something. Okay. Right.
0: So I watched like the first like
1: 15 minutes of the 90s <laughs> one and it's not good and I, I don't recognize the
2: actress <laughs> so,
0: in it.
1: I think it's Vanessa Redgrave, right? I looked on the, I've, I Googled this after you mentioned it. Uh, that sounds right. And she's like relatively known. Um, um,
0: Oh, the neighbors, too, are, like, a young couple. It's not, like, a Mm mother-daughter Okay. in this one. And they're like, hey, who are those weird people next door? They're up to something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, because
1: I had no idea. This seems like a bad choice for a remake. That
0: was a very disorienting watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, like, this movie is so specific to when it's made. Right, mm-hmm. like it, it kind of matters that like this kid came up in vaudeville and it it like exists in the studio system yeah. and then like concludes at the conclusion of the studio system, like those kind of things are like pretty critical to the text. And sure, you could tra- Like we talked about earlier, child stars exist to date, and like yeah. you can transplant that movie around, but like
2: it- yeah, I mean, you could translate to a general story about like the effect of fame and resentment. Yeah, I I, I guess, but yeah, you'd have
1: to you'd have to change a lot of details, and I don't know if that's really. Necessary. Oh, it's
2: uh, Vanessa Redgrave and,
0: and Lynn Redgrave, I right. assume, who are siblings. I believe so. Yeah, yes. Um, I didn't make it very far into the film, though, so I don't <laughs> Okay, well, where, it, where I saw it, like the one character was not mean to the other. Like, okay. They start out what seems to be a pretty normal oh, maybe relationship. maybe ramps up
1: from here or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Okay, I'm not going to watch
0: that. Uh, no. no. <laughs> this original wasn't enough. That, yeah. There was someone on. Uh... Hold on. There was like a funny. Yeah. So okay, someone says excellent three exclamation points. Oh wow. An excellent remake of the nineteen sixty-two classic. Then someone else says God awful. Pointless remake. Doesn't gender <laughs> sympathy or interest for anyone. Is shameless, ill conceived, and difficult to watch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be my assumption about about this project here. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay, so if you're gonna watch it, watch the the 1962 version. Make sure the, there's no color. The 1991 version. Yeah, the one in the one in black and white. Um, any uh, any closing thoughts on uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane?
0: Uh, it's a tough watch for many reasons. Okay. <laughs> it's like the plot, I think, is hard to consume.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's a borderline horror film. I mean, it's sometimes like almost a camp film. It's a psychological horror sometimes, like, and I think it weaves between those genre points um effectively but yeah it's also 1962 and like your viewing experience may vary and there's
0: like no redemption maybe no like it's not there's no like happy ending (laughs) no these people are both kind of bad it turns Um, out yeah it it crawls uh it's very
1: slow okay i i I, i don't agree with that but i i do agree that um you have to come into it knowing that when it was made
2: yeah, I mean, basically the same appraisal for me. It's, I appreciate aspects of it. I appreciate the performances, the overall plot, um, the, the psychological aspects of it, um, but still had issues with the pacing, Some pacing just how it is. All right, well, that's fair. Um, we'll be back in a
1: moment with Things We've Seen. We'll see you in a bit.
0: All right, and we're back with Things We've Seen. This is where we talk about films that we watched recently, usually in theaters. Uh, you
1: both recently saw Knives Out. Yes, and we both liked it, right, Charles? You liked it. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. fantastic. Um, yes. I think currently it might be my favorite movie of the year so far. That's a totally reasonable pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was just really blown away by it. Yeah,
1: I, I, I loved it. Um, so we this movie has multiple significant twists, um, mm-hmm. and they all hit and they all work, um, and they all should be, and the movie should be seen without spoiling any of them. Crossman is a very, very foolish man and hasn't seen this movie yet, um, so we're gonna. I'm busy. I'm <laughs> a busy man. Okay, um, so we're gonna try to talk about it as as much as we can without uh, revealing um, any of these mm-hmm. these twists and turns. Um, so this is Ryan Johnson's follow up to Last Jedi, um, and uh, his second mystery. I guess it, Brick was the first mystery that he did. So this is sure. this okay. is his second mystery story. Um, it's essentially a retelling of, uh, of Agatha Christie. It's not based on an actual Agatha Christie story, but it's in that style. of yeah. A rich man is murdered, um, his, everybody in the vicinity is implicated, and a third-party private investigator is brought in to uh, investigate, and he's kind of an eccentric uh, figure. Um, the third-party investigator in this instance is played by Daniel Craig of James fame. Um, The murdered man is played by...
2: Christopher Plummer.
1: Yeah, Christopher Plummer, who is a um, mystery author in his own right. Um, The the movie initially frames his death as a suicide. um, It presents as a suicide, but um, Daniel Craig shows up with suspicions that it may not be. um, Yeah, and And this is all in the trailer. This is all in the trailer. um, And determines that everybody who is his immediate family... family, um, who's in the house at the at the time or the evening preceding his death um, is a suspect and, and the story unfolds from there um, what surprised me most about this film early on is that is how much it centers the Anna Armas character mm-hmm. and that she really becomes essentially the, the protagonist and the driving force and the movie essentially revolves around her um, and I thought she was spectacular but she was
2: really yeah that was great uh, I appreciated the plot. I mean, obviously, it's not like about what the trailer yeah. is like telling you, um, which is good because you don't want a mystery movie to like be given away by the trailer, right? No. So the plot was definitely very different from the trailer. I went into it expecting at least it to at least follow kind of what the trailer implied, um, and I was glad it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm much more pleased with the story it did end up telling, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting, very relevant to you know our day and age. Yep. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, the movie I the, the two movies I was reminded most of that came out this year are Parasite. I think there are very obvious Parasite parallels here, and Ready or Not. Um, I think it's a oh, lot yeah. like Ready or Not. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, you
2: ended up going and seeing that one. Yeah, we talked about it, didn't we? Right. We yeah, I, I just I didn't remember if you had also seen yeah, it. Yeah, I had, uh, which I liked a lot too. Okay, this yeah. feels just like a better
1: version of Ready or Not in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, which is, which is a movie that I liked. Um, so yeah, it's as we have come to expect from Ryan Johnson exceptionally tight filmmaking, uh, Mm -hmm. just just on a technical level. Like this guy has, for a a filmmaker that... Which
2: suits the genre so well. Yes.
1: Yeah, the the precision of it comes across um, and just like you you want that type of, they really need that type of precision in these carefully crafted mystery stories. Yeah. um, Which he seems to do very well because we saw Brick and even Looper has a certain aspect of like a a mystery and reveal dynamic. Yeah. Um, And and it it works here. Um, We also have really clear messaging. Um, which is yep. something that we've come to expect again from Ryan Johnson. Like there's no he, room for ambiguity.
2: Yeah, he has intent
1: here, and he has intent in his filmmaking. Um, it is it stands in opposition to the rich. Um, I think it's it is critiquing without, uh, unfortunately, explicitly undermining inherited wealth. I think this movie has a lot to do with that, just um, on a textual level, but beyond that as well, um, and uh, all those messages come across really clearly.
2: Yeah, and I appreciate that it's. Like the reveals are all satisfying and they feel earned. Yeah, uh, and the movie is complicated enough that you don't just figure everything out immediately. Or at least I didn't. I don't I know how people are. <laughs> um, but it's not so complicated that you're lost as to what's going on. Like you can still follow, you know, what is unknown, what we're trying to figure out, what might be happening, what you suspect is going to happen, and all that. Um, but like the movie can still surprise you. So it strikes that perfect balance between the two.
1: Yeah, well it, it's, it, it, and Ryan Johnson strikes it so well that like the experience of sitting down and watching it isn't noticing like, oh, this is really tightly and clearly plotted, right? Yeah. Like you're just in it, like, you're <laughs> as, in it. You're, yeah. as you're watching it's it. It's happening. And only after the fact you're like, oh yeah, he really like orchestrated all those things in like yeah. really careful ways. Um, and like that, that's a magic trick. Like, yeah, he's able and to do that.
2: I, I love when a movie is able to execute a twist using, like, you know, those things where you like reinterpret previous scenes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. As, and you realize that they were evidence right in front of your face, but you didn't realize what it meant because, like, mm-hmm. they have a double meaning, or like right. you didn't interpret it the way that like would lead to the twist or whatever. Like, those feel very satisfying. I love when a, something can su- successfully do that without making it obvious so obvious that it gives it away the first time you see it yeah right and that's very satisfying that would also make a rewatch very interesting Mm -hmm. uh, because you can see how they're planted the first way through um but just like very well executed yeah
1: just yeah exceptionally made i feel like if we say much more about it we're gonna end up in yeah in spoiler territory uh, for crossman um but do you have plans to see it yeah yeah okay well i've heard
0: it's excellent yeah it is excellent like it's I haven't heard any negative things about it, actually.
1: Yeah, me neither. Like, the closest thing I can get to a negative thought on this movie is that I think he does pull the punch a little bit when it comes to critiquing inherited wealth. I think that there is, like, this This movie is still working under the premise that a rich person deciding where his money should go after he dies is legitimate. And I think that if he, if Ryan Johnson really wanted to go all the way with this one, it would undermine that idea as well. And he's not, he doesn't quite get there. Um, but that's a pretty minor quibble for what is really a, a good movie with with good grade performances. Uh, it it also felt messaging.
2: like the the inherited wealth side of it is supposed to be a metaphor for something like reparations. <coughs> and so, Perhaps. like sure. you know, even if he doesn't directly tackle the inherited wealth issue, it still serves as that metaphor. Yeah. Oh, the last point that I want
1: to make anyway—really funny. Oh yeah, Man of Flew is hilarious. Like just, <laughs> like it, just in a scene-to-scene sense, absolutely. Like it plays like a comedy. Everybody gets good laugh lines. Um, it, it's uh, yep. a, a very, very funny movie. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because Brian Johnson's a, a, a funny guy. Um, so, yeah, good, easy, easy uh, recommend, recommendation absolutely. for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. All right. Uh, well, Charles, it's it's your pick next. What are we watching? Uh, I would like to see Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Speaking of comedies. Yep. Right. Yeah, Okay, cool. Just in time for Thanksgiving, <laughs> we got uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. If you're liking the show, please you know like, comment, and subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Facebook. Um, we appreciate all uh, interaction with the show. It really does make a difference. And we will see you next week for planes, trains, and automobiles.